When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. Happy 2023. And welcome to our first episode of A Little Wiser. I, you may think I'm about to say, hey, Christy, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm about to say hello, Tara Daigle, and introduce you to Tara, our esteemed associate producer of All the Wiser. So hi, Tara. Hey, Kimmy. <laughs> so I'm excited about these mini episodes because this year we're going to mix it up a little bit. And we're, as evident today, you're going to get to know the All the Wiser team. So it is not just me producing this podcast. We have a creative team, and Tara is a huge part of that. And Erica, my producer, who some of you have, have met if you've been around for a while. So we're going to continue what we love to do, which is reflecting on the episodes, going behind the scenes, and I think most importantly, figuring out how we can apply these lessons and wisdom to our own lives. That is really the intention. So Christy will be chiming in, you know, on occasion as a co-host talking about positive psychology and application. And then Tara and Erica will be joining me as well. So it'll be me and a guest host. And Today, I'm so excited that it's you, Tara. I'm excited to be here. How would you describe your job at All the Wiser? Um, I would say the associate producer role comes with, like you said, there's many, many facets that, that come with that role, I think. But I would say the one that I enjoy the most is connecting with our guests because that is just getting to know them and hear their story and, and help deliver that message to our audience is really powerful. And I love what we do. <laughs> I know. And then like when we get the email, the email always like comes, they, they're emailing you or like afterwards about hearing their episode or the impact. It's like, your heart explodes. Yeah, totally. And then partnering yeah. with the charity too. They're always super grateful and appreciative of the donation and getting to connect the guest with the charity if they don't have a personal relationship. That's really heartwarming as well. Yeah. And Tara also does our social media. 
She is a fangirl, the ultimate fangirl. And sometimes when I feel like I don't have any fans, we'll post something and Tara's like, yes, you go, Kippy. Like, yes, one person responded. I'm always very excited, but I am a little bit biased because I just, I I think our podcast is amazing. And so is our team and all of our guests, of course. Yes. So anyways, you do so much. And I, and you put up with me, I, we have this little thing, Voxer, which is like our walkie talkies that we use. And I am best shocking, best communicating orally, verbally, as opposed to writing long emails. And I have a lot of ideas. So Tara has like a walkie talkie that is constantly going off with my crazy ideas. (laughs) So, I enjoy them, and they're not always podcast related, and those are equally as fun. <laughs> yes. So, thank you for putting up with me. So, anyways, you're going to get to know Tara, and she's awesome, and a bright light, and adorable, and single. <laughs> <laughs> There's anyone in the greater Denver area? Oh no, that's loud. You're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> so. Today, we are, A, welcoming you to A Little Wiser, and we are going to talk about last week's episode with Jessica on postpartum bipolar, which I had never heard of before I interviewed her. So let's just dive in. What did you think of the interview or what questions, you know, do you have for me? I also had never heard of postpartum bipolar disorder. I did not know that that was a diagnosis. I had only ever heard of bipolar disorder. Um, And so the episode and listening to her experience, hearing her walk through what that experience was like for her was really eye-opening because I'm not a mom. Um, I don't know what postpartum life is like. So to see it through her lens um, just gave me insight because I didn't even really realize that that was possible. So hearing her story and and her message, um, I thought was really powerful and and super enlightening. Um, My question for you was, did interviewing Jessica bring up anything for you? Yeah. I mean, I haven't talked a lot about, and and I'm, it's kind of crazy to me that we're just talking about on the podcast now with Jessica as a guest because postpartum, I know so many women who have struggled and struggled deeply. And then I also, from having three kids and living with a mental illness, have obviously my own unique experience. But I remember somebody saying, and then I repeated it over and over again, because it impacted me so much. Like, when somebody's pregnant, especially for the first time, you're like, Oh, congratulations, you know, like, this is the best thing you will ever do with your life, you know, soak up every moment, all these things we say that are true. But there's, it's true. And there's all of this emotion and pieces of it that are really difficult. And I think it's a disservice if you're, you know, in deep connection or friendship with somebody to not um, be open and honest about 
that part. But I think women feel deeply alone in postpartum. They're sleep deprived. Their hormones are raging. People with mental health in particular may be off their medications. And I know countless people who had varying degrees of postpartum depression. And I would say the one thing they all had in common was they remained really quiet and private about it because you're ashamed. You know, here I am having this new baby. How lucky am I? And everyone's saying congratulations. And you're crying in the shower. It doesn't, you know, add up. You're supposed to be on Instagram, like with cute pictures of your baby (laughs) and like making a little Pinterest thing that says six months. And you can, you know, feel like you can, you're crying while you're breastfeeding. And so I'm just so glad that that we're having this conversation, I guess. Yeah, I was just going to say that even as someone in my early 30s, I don't know if motherhood is in the cards for me, not sure. But I'm so glad that now we're talking about this stuff um, more openly, more honestly with each other as women and even even just bringing our partners into into the conversation too to let them know like, hey, this isn't kind of rainbows and butterflies. I am struggling. Yes, we have this amazing new life that's amazing and healthy, we can hope. But to also say that there's another layer, there's another part to that. It's not just the Instagram-worthy highlight reel all the time. Well, yeah. And and so you, you factor in, okay, take out the the romantic beautiful notion of the fact that there's the new baby and how true and special that is but if the other reality is if you think about anybody like you're sleep deprived you know for months on end you're sleeping at times just a few hours during the night for a lot of women you're either recovering from a major surgery while you're not sleeping and caretaking all night or people have crazy vaginal tears and like I mean your body is (laughs) in some cases and I for a lot of these women your body is in physically recovering um, from surgery or you know things that happen when you are, are birthing a child and you're sleep deprived your hormones are are raging I also think there's like a just the changes in your life and the also just the like all of the emotions and every I think it's really hard to explain and then a lot a lot of people when you're caring for a newborn all of a sudden your world actually gets really small because you're at home all the time yeah um people get lonely that's why baby groups are such a big thing so it's like I'm sleep deprived I'm in physical pain, a lot of people can't breastfeed. They've got shame and guilt that uh, that's what a mother's meant to do is feed their baby. And I'm failing. Like there's so many layers to it. Clearly, I have some thoughts on it. Yeah. And I actually have the joy and pleasure of, of seeing my best friend walk through her first time as a mom. And it's just so awesome to see. But equally terrifying if i'm being totally honest is she honest with you about oh totally totally and yeah. she is so lucky and blessed to have like a really healthy and 
amazing pregnancy. Like she carried really well and delivered really well. Um, so her experience has been overall really great. So even just learning the nuances that come with motherhood, it's like, wow, that's, yeah, I could, I could see it being a lot. And then to have something like postpartum bipolar disorder on top of all of the struggles and newness that comes with being a mom and you're essentially like giving up a lot of yourself, you know? So I'm like, what's the good part again? (laughs) There is so much good and there's so much love. And of course I look, you look back on it with like a little bit of rose colored glasses, but there are there. And it's not every woman's experience. There are some people who I think have a fair amount of ease with it, but I would say the majority don't. And people are afraid to talk about it because we, as a society, right? You're, maternal instincts, you have a baby, this brings you joy, especially a lot of women with infertility mm-hmm. have postpartum because and and then imagine that I've wanted I've done everything. And now I have this baby. And I'm a mess. And yeah. this is hard. And like, it's just a really complicated issue. Yeah. And as difficult as this topic is to talk about, sometimes I'm like, man, we are freaking amazing. women are mothers specifically like super women um superheroes all of the things I've said it forever I can't even wrap my head around it but like we are freaking incredible like we truly are yeah I mean just clearly badass (laughs) but so the the one thing that happened to me that I've never talked about openly because I um have had shame around it but I, after my second, so my middle daughter, I had like intrusive thoughts. Like I would be, I don't know, like at a restaurant and walk out in the railing and being like, what if I jumped off? And it would terrify me. And it wasn't that I was contemplating something or going to act on something, but the thought would, and I was like, oh, like what is happening yeah in those moments would you would you catch yourself like almost immediately thinking about certain things like that or was it like a build-up or no it just would happen and it would be quick and it would pass but it would leave me scared and ashamed like who has that thought? Why would I, you know? And then I finally, I don't even think I was telling my therapist because I was so ashamed of these like flashes of thoughts I was having. And I told her thinking that she was going to be like, this is serious. We've got it. And she was like, oh yeah, yeah. That's just your postpartum postpartum hormones and your mental health. Yeah. Those are just in- intrusive thoughts. That's wow. just part of the anxiety. And she's like, I was like, well, am I going to act on them? Do we need to have some? She's like, no, you're not. It's a intrusive thought. And it's the convergence of what's happening with your hormones and your mental health. And it's, I mean, she literally was like, you know, I just told her I went to Starbucks. I mean, she had her reaction was so, but in my head, and I've, I've, I don't think I've ever had those outside of postpartum in that way where they were like really vivid. That, you know, who wants to talk about that? Right, right. When you have like a cute new baby and a snuggly outfit, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're supposed to be like overjoyed and full of just grace and beauty and all of the things. Yes, you're supposed to be planning a family photo shoot. Right, right. Well, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. I'm sure, uh, of course, you're not alone. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. And no, my audience. guess is, yeah, well, according to the reaction of my therapist, it, uh, my guess is people are going to relate um, or not. And everyone will just think I'm crazy. So there's one of two outcomes to that sharing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of love honesty. Yeah, of course. So yeah, Jessica, I know I always say this, but she is really good storyteller. Like she could write movies. She really brought you into the moment. Yeah. She like painted the picture. I felt like I was right there with her when her and her husband went to the hospital and I could almost like feel her sitting in the room in her gown and then walking in and being like, what do you think we're here for? And she was like, oh, we're here for him, not for me. And just like hearing her tell that part of the story and her realization of, oh, crap, like, okay, you're the doctors, you would know. And she's so self-aware about it. I'm self-aware about it too, but like how lucky to have a loving, supportive husband, loving, supportive parent. You know what I mean? Like they showed up for her. They loved her through it. They got her the help she needed. They took care of the baby, you know, and you just think about people, you know, a a single mom, you know, maybe doesn't have a close-knit family or doing that on her own and that breaks my heart. Yeah, that's like, could be a whole other episode, I think. But the moms out here doing it alone. um, Yeah. Sometimes out of choice, sometimes not out of choice. But either way, I'm just like, holy, I can't even I I can't even imagine motherhood. I definitely can't imagine motherhood alone. Yes, yes. So yeah, just back to the notion that there were that we're we're amazing. I think I'll just say that again and again. <laughs> we'll name the episode. <laughs> that women yeah. are freaking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what else? I You know, we always have this talk in these minute episodes about what does society say about postpartum health? And I thought about that. And I think I've already answered it in the 10 minutes we've been talking that we don't say a lot, which is a problem um, because we're ashamed. And what we do talk about in postpartum is like a very Instagram filtered reality that is, yeah, I think in many cases, 50% of the story. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know if this is just me as a person, but I'm like, I want the ugly. I want the messy. I want, I want everything from the good to the bad and all the in between. So it really, I love conversations like this and I hope that, you know, we can have more of them as a whole, as a society, because I think it's important, especially for, you know, the next generation that, that we bring up to know like what they're up against, which is a lot. (laughs) 
It's like if you're getting married, like what would be better than some like wise grandma who'd been married 50 years to say like, this is what it's really about, Ugh. you know? Just is that to... some foreshadowing, Kimmy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hello. <laughs> we just did like a dating advertisement at the top. <laughs> Now we just need a wise grandma and um, a fiance. Um, <laughs> both. I'll take both. Both. Yeah. They're Hopefully they're listening. We, we're casting. So yeah. And I know there was another piece of it that really spoke to you about community and so tell me about that. Yeah, after listening to her episode and at the end, I was just couldn't help myself going back to just being like so glad she found a community. And I feel like that's something that resonates with me because in any thing that we walk through that's difficult or hard or recover from, whether it's mental illness or addiction or whatever it might be, I think community and support as humans is everything. But like, I don't know if there's even more so of an importance as women, maybe because in postpartum specifically, you do have that like loneliness because you're alone with your baby. And there is maybe some loneliness there. But to have a community kind of wrap you up and and reinforce the fact that you're not alone is sometimes the greatest reminder that we can get and kind of speaks to again what our show is all about is human connection and and community because sometimes it's everything yes I couldn't agree more and we can be so people can be so alone in their suffering and their thoughts and then there's hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of people at the same time being alone in the shared experience. And I think that is what community and connection is. And, you know, Jessica was talking about even down to like the network, like they have military postpartum group, military moms, single moms, moms living with a mental illness, moms with cancer. I mean, to be surrounded by people who say like, I get it, I'm going through it too. And to share stories and to listen to each other and resources and like, what a gift. Yeah. Because sometimes really all we're looking for is the validation that we're not crazy. <laughs> this isn't yeah. abnormal. Like, you know, whether it's something super niche or super specific, like postpartum military moms, um, nobody's going to know that journey like another postpartum military mom, right? So to just to be able to validate each other on certain topics and even outside of postpartum, you know, I know we're talking a lot about that because of the episode, but even in times in my life, in my, you know, not super young, but I still consider myself 34 years young. <laughs> You're a spring chicken. <laughs> um, even I think about some of the most difficult times in my life, or the most traumatic experiences I've had, which I can gratefully say have been few, but it's been in those times where I've found and needed that woman, that 
support system, those people to just remind me that I'm not alone, that this isn't crazy. You know, this isn't something that people don't ever experience. And also a reminder that you're going to get to the other side also. Do you have any examples you're comfortable sharing? Ooh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was I was in an abusive relationship, so leaving that and really understanding what that meant after the fact. So so leaving that, you kind of have to unpack so much. And in order to unpack and understand why you were in it and then lean on other women as support to get through it and kind of stay through it, if that makes sense. Um, because a lot of a lot of times the support in recovery is what keeps you consistently moving forward, right? So it keeps you from not relapsing or helps you, I should say, not relapsing if you're talking about addiction or not going back to that abusive relationship. Well, I'm so sorry. I'm going to remotely hug you right now. (laughs) And again, so strong and amazing to walk away from that and and thank you for sharing that. How did you find your people? Like, how did you find community and what did that mean to you? Honestly, it was just being more open to receiving the support um, because the truth is, is it's anything we go through is way more common than we think it is. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just being okay with sharing your story and being vulnerable enough to let people love you and accept you and walk with you through something like that. It doesn't even necessarily need to be someone that's experienced the exact thing. It's just kind of, you know, your people that are close to you that are like, you know, that help you help lift you up when you need it. And don't you feel like I would imagine when you shared that, that it brought, did you, were you afraid to share it? Gosh, well, the first time that I had shared it with someone, it was for my safety. It was like, I need to get out of this. So, and the only way to get out of this is to tell someone else to, so that they could know that if I were to reach out again, like they, they would just know, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Telling someone is never the first step of like, save me. It's always just... I'm just putting it out there. I'm putting it on the table. I need someone to be in this with me. Yeah. So as hard as it was, it was, it comes down to, I don't have really any other choice if I really want this, if I want my circumstance to change. Yeah. Yeah. And that connection, right? Without it, the notion that any of us can get through really hard things by ourselves is bananas a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think we we can, but that's a a much harder road. And my guess is everyone you shared with you became closer to as a result. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they become your support 
system. They become your, gosh, backbone when you don't have one (laughs) enough because people see you and love you in a way that sometimes we don't see and love ourselves. So they constantly have to be a mirror to you or they're able to be a mirror to you and, and communicate to you, this is what I see, this is what you should see. Yeah. So that's always, that was something that was super helpful for me. Well, I think we find our, we find ourselves in other people's story. And I think what I'm hearing you say is like, you found the fact that, that Jessica found a group of women who was going what she was going through and they like carried her and supported her um, and that she shared and was open like that spoke to you because that was your truth. Yeah, totally. Totally. And ever since I've, I think I've just been a champion for women relationships and like our connection and friendship and the intimacy that we can build within those relationships to be able to support each other through the hardest things. And when we have that, it helps us in ways that I guess I just can't explain sometimes. Thank you again for sharing. You know how much I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to share. And the last thing I'll say is the reason that I believe in sharing our sometimes ugly, messy, not so awesome things. And you talk a lot, a lot about vulnerability and kind of like peeling away the shame and lifting the mask is that it gives other women permission to do the same and to be able to stand in their truth and kind of own it and say, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And if she left, then I could leave. And if she got through postpartum bipolar disorder, I can too. And all I need, you know, maybe I, the first step, what is the first step? If the first step for her was this, maybe that's what I need to do. Better together. We are for sure so much better together. Well, my hope with these episodes is we always can leave with like a call to action or something specific and tangible. And so as a result of your bravery in sharing this, which is the first time I've ever known this about you, is just that, that if you have a really hard thing, whatever that is, addiction, a relationship, abusive relationship, health, postpartum, whatever it is, you reach out to someone, reach out to another woman, reach out to somebody you trust, Google, find a community, find people to walk with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that goes for, obviously, anybody listening, woman or not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so grateful for you and I'm excited for you to be a part of these conversations. Um, And I know that people listening will quickly discover all the reasons that I am your fangirl. (laughs) Well, I love you, Kimmy. (laughs) All right. So we will be back with these mini episodes. And Tara and I are actually working on 
some some brand new things for All the Wiser, which we'll be announcing in the next few weeks. So stay tuned to that. We are busy at work on our walkie-talkies putting new, <laughs> new things. Yes, we are. All right. Thank you, Tara. Have a good day. Go snuggle with your puppy. Oh, don't you know it. Bye, Kimmy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.